Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Nana Bonsu of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com, where we help you answer questions such as how do I scale my business, how do I grow the value of my business, and how do I make my business more profitable in a sustainable way. This week, we are going to be talking about workplace culture and just culture in general. And I have with me today... Uh, a leader in the in this cultural movement. Um, his name is Michael Sandbeck. And a little bit about uh, Michael. Uh, Michael is uh, Michael is a best-selling author, speaker, performance coach, educator, and founder of the Rebel Culture, uh, uh, founder and CEO of Skyrocket Educational Rebel Culture. He turned his passion for educational reform into a global call to action for corporate leadership transformation. He also happens to be a New Yorker. Welcome to Build, Build Valuable by Choice, Michael. Hey, Nana. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, wonderful. We're excited to have you because you know, we want to talk about what it means to be a rebel. So I want to start off by asking, what inspired you to uh, create Rebel Culture? Yeah, listen, man, I, w- I was working in education for years in some of the toughest neighborhoods in all the United States and in neighborhoods where uh, trauma and drugs and violence were high, where, where funding and infrastructure were low. And I started to notice that there were schools that were just a block away from each other that had radically different cultures. The the narrative was that you can't have a great school here, but there were places where there were great schools and some of the, like I said, some of the the most underserved, uh, uh, you know, uh, zip codes in our whole country. And I started to wonder why, what's different in this place versus that place? It's the same exact scenario. And I saw that there were leaders who were were, were being really rebellious in the way they, they operated. There, there were these rebel leaders who did things differently than their peers. And I started to look into the corporate world as well and saw that so many of the same trends were occurring where there were leaders who weren't open to feedback, who didn't define really clearly expectations for their teams. They didn't set a vision and values, or if they did, they they didn't, nobody embodied them. Uh, they were in some ways, on some places, unkind. Um, lacked the, the, they, they didn't provide positive feedback, and 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 of course, there were the there were the antithesis, the the folks who did that. And and again, they were the rebels in that space. And so I said, listen, we can make a difference for not just these leaders, but for the people that they're who work for them, and for ultimately for their bottom line by helping them be more focused on culture, more focused on really building their teams uh, and more able to achieve results as a, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day. So that's interesting because normally when somebody hears of the word rebel, they're thinking of going against the grain, which, you know, so while it means uh, in your case, you, you are, you are signing rebel as doing and thinking differently about how to approach things. So are you suggesting then that the, the norm the norm in quotes has been to kind of not really articulate, you know, for leaders not being a, in areas that were struggling. Um, so I have, you know, I say if you have a daughter, you know, like, you know, we have schools like Columbia University, maybe next to Harlem, for instance, right? Um, good school, neighborhood, you know, like a couple of blocks down uh, could be tough. Uh, but uh, you, what you're suggesting is that leadership matters. I'm just curious um, why you define Somebody, because it seems to me that is the best practice to communicate your vision, uh, make sure people are embodying and modeling the expectations and whatnot. So why is that considered a rebellious culture? 
Yeah, because so few people are doing it, right? Okay. It's not we're not talking about rebellion in the sense of we're flipping things upside down and, and we we do uh we do things, you know, we we work we work with a lot of companies. We see companies who think that the rebellion lies in like we have ping pong tables and we have a bar in our in our you know in our office and we we you know we do uh we give folks off on Fridays and things like that. That's and that's fine if that's what people want to do we don't we haven't seen that drive strong results when it comes to culture but the rebellion is in the doing the the actual doing of the things right i mean look we all know that we uh eat really healthily right and eat eat grilled chicken instead of instead of uh lasagna right and we should mm-hmm. go to bed and get eight hours of sleep most people don't do that right it's rebellious to actually say i'm going to do the best thing for me it's the same thing in the workplace i'm going to do the best thing for everybody here. I'm going to do the I'm a, the rebellious mindsets, right? We talk to leaders all the time. They don't believe in themselves. They don't think they should. They don't think they deserve the job they have. They don't think they're potentially in the right role. Well, obviously, we have to we have to get them to open up and admit that. It's rebellious to believe in yourself. It's rebellious to have enough confidence to take really stinging feedback from somebody on your team and not take it personally and not uh, retaliate against them and to actually work to be to be better. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people know they should do in, in business. So many people aren't doing it. The rebels are the ones who, who are. So the no-do gap. The the rebels are the ones that are actually fill in the no-do gap. And the, yeah, that's right. Okay. So why do you think, so no, it's kind of, a, it's related, but I'm kind of breaking into two. One is, why do you think people are not, I mean, I guess it may be because maybe they don't, they don't feel like they deserve, they deserve it uh, as leaders to be in the way they are, but that's, you know, the consequence of it is hurt, you know, harming, creating a toxic culture where bad things happen. But why can't they just walk over across the street and find out what, what's working for the, for the schools or the companies where the culture is working? Yeah, um, because so much of it feels theoretical to people. I mean, look, a, a lot of us have read the same books. There's a difference between knowing the thing and actually executing on the thing, right? I mean, one of our one of our pillars at Rebel Culture is execution, uh, because a lot of leaders have books on their bookshelves that have a lot of the right ideas, but doing it is a lot different than knowing that you should do it. And so, knowing what the other organization is doing is only part of it. Um, and look, we talk to a lot of people who don't even know, which is fine, right? That's why companies like ours exist. But a lot of people know, but they don't have the confidence to execute or they um, they lack the skill to execute, right? Or they had pushback the last time they tried to do the thing. So now they're hesitant to do it. They're skittish, right? Maybe they've entered a culture that's really broken and it's been like that for years, right? Decades. Uh, and they feel like it's just, it's going to be too much of an uphill battle to even try. So they can certainly see what other people are doing, but they need to get trained on the execution of this stuff. You know, otherwise um, they just have some good ideas that, that aren't going to come to fruition. So that, that, and I want to you know, dive a little bit into the whole training to do it, because one of the things, you know, is, is it because number one is um, I'm always curious about this, which is that a lot of times you know people feel like they've gone to school maybe you know 18 years, 20 years, however long it's been, and they feel like the the schooling is done and they're an adult and therefore they don't need somebody to quote unquote tell them what to do. But you mentioned something about skill, and skill comes from doing something over and over. And a lot of times there's that's why professional athletes have coaches, regardless of how great they are, whether it's Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or what have you. So 
Um, but you know, you can go to training, but that's just like a short period of time while you're in the training. But you need some kind of a coach or a mentor, actually, right, to help you in your day-to-day um struggle with trying to do the thing that you know. Why do you think uh, you know, people don't get the the help, whether it's coaching or mentoring or um some kind of mastermind that they need, um, you know, in order for them to execute what they think or they know needs to be done, but it's not getting done. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the best athletes in the world have coaches. Um, everybody who's great at anything has uh, or has ever been great at anything has has had a coach at some point. Um, there's a few reasons why. One is, to your first point, folks feel like I'm an adult, I'm done. Um, and there's a level of humility that has to be that you have to embody to say, I don't know everything. I need to be better. Uh, I'm open to coaching. Right. That's from the, the employees from the employee standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, um, to be, to coach somebody, you have to put yourself out there in a way that not every leader is willing to do, which is to, um, model for folks to be really precise in the steps that people need to take that a lot of leaders don't like doing that it might uh if i'm the leader it might shine a light on i don't have everything totally figured out right i mean to coach somebody you have to know the steps that that they need to take to be successful we find leaders are much more comfortable saying hey nana welcome to the team here's your onboarding kit we're gonna do we'll, we'll do some training for a day or so and then by the way here are your keys here's your fob there's your parking spot um, we'll we'll see you figure it out, right? And that that's much easier and much less pressure for the leader, right? There's much less vulnerability there for that leader, right? Nana's not going to find out that I don't totally know how to do his job. I'm hoping he kind of figures it figures it out on his on his own. You know, leaders will say it's because of time. It's rarely because of time. It's mostly because um, there's a certain level of of kind of care and humility that you have to have if you're going to coach somebody and coach them effectively. Um, and leaders don't necessarily have that muscle, uh, always have that muscle flexed. I, I'd also say too, it's it's also often not embedded in a lot of different cultures, right? It's, it's often seen as uh, a weakness to have your boss uh, shadowing you, to have your boss giving you feedback, right? It, a lot of employees strive to stay off the boss's radar. I, I hope my boss doesn't come in. I don't want to get a, an email from my boss. And that, that's, that speaks to a larger workplace culture issue, uh, issue overall. All right. Why do you think it's, it's important for leaders to feel, uh, you know, to get uncomfortable? Well, because uh, discomfort is where change happens, right? I mean, if you go to the gym and just walk on the treadmill for, you know, 30 minutes at three miles an hour, like, I'm not going to say it's bad for you. It's not bad for you, but it's not going to actually radically change your your results. And so we talk to a lot of leaders who are, they feel like they're they're kind of stuck in this place of what we call intolerable comfort, where it's like every day is going to be the same. Uh, there's going to be gossip in the workplace. The results are not going to be what they want it to be. There are going to be lots of, com- the, the, the leader is going to avoid tough conversations, but they know that that every day is going to be the same. And there's some sort of solace that comes with that. Um, that's where the comfort comes in, but it's, 
it's intolerable for, for some, for some, for, and by the way, for some leaders, they're fine in that place. And they're like, Hey, I've got five more years until I retire and, and, and I'm, I'm good with it. But for the leaders who are like, I've got to change this, we call it intolerable comfort. They're driving home on a Friday afternoon. They feel sick to their stomach. I missed five opportunities today alone to make my team better. Like somebody said something that doesn't reflect their values and I didn't address it. Like I'm not coaching my team. I walk around the office or on Zooms. I, I know that people don't have faith in me. I know that they don't believe in me. Man, this, I just, I hate this. They've got to get uncomfortable if they're going to change those things, challenging the status quo, challenging the way things have been, holding people accountable, saying, hey, um, I need you, I, I appreciate you coming to me about the thing that Michael did. I need you to actually go to him and talk to him about it um, because I want you to go directly to the source, right? Like there's a discomfort in changing the way that things have been uh, that not every leader is is up for, which I get, um, but that's where, where the change, where the change happens, right? That's where the, when we start sweating, that's when we start to see results. Yeah. Get outside of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. How has your own personal journey influenced what you do today? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's influenced it immensely, man. I I, uh, I was a, a taker for a lot of years. I I uh, my twenties are a bit of a blur with lots of lots of illegal substances uh, being a being a part of my being a part of my reality, and um, I didn't really care a lot about other people. I cared about myself, and as the founder and CEO of two companies. Uh, all I do is care about the other people. I mean, I'm not saying I don't care about myself at all, but I, I for me, it's like, well, what's going to make the, the team effective? What's going to make the, let me put the team ahead of me. Let me put their needs and their wants ahead of what I'm doing. And, and, and to have, you know, two teams where the, the culture is through the roof. I'm not saying we can't do anything better. I'm not saying that everything's perfect, but where folks are just like on fire to work, to work for us, right? Where we finish a day of, uh, where we finish a retreat or we finish a meeting and folks say, man, it doesn't even feel like work. It's just so freaking exciting and such a such a great journey to be on. Um, for me, it's I want every company to have that. I want everybody to experience that. And um, I've seen the opposite. I know the opposite. Um, the, the the alternative is better. I promise you. How has um, you know, the? Can you give a specific example of how the rebel culture that you champion has helped your team to achieve success? Yeah, sure. Uh, just a, a recent one. We had we're working with a, a CEO who um, was losing people um, consistently. Folks were, were quitting. Uh, when I asked him why, he said, we don't have the right people on the team, which is a problem. I said, who hires the people? He's like, we do. Okay, like problem, right? Like, and so we started to look at their hiring processes and their hiring processes didn't detail um, anything around what they stand for and what their values are. And impact they intend to have the the um what what a, what the day-to-day -day would look like there was a, a six-step interview process and they only got to hear from the ceo if they got to the sixth step uh and even then it was all questions for the employees the potential employees and not anything about like how important the mission is and so we changed all the hiring protocols 
And we made sure that, and, and, and the CEO recorded a, a welcome video for anybody who's applying to the company um, and, and, and shared personally what matters, what matters to him and what matters to the people on the team and, and why they're excited that, and grateful that, that you all are uh, applying, but also talked about the day-to-day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole process was all around, like, here's what we care about here. Here's what the day-to-day looks like. Now, Nana, I'd be lying if I said that everybody who applied was a fit. They actually, a lot of people opted out. They weren't up for what this company was, was trying to achieve. That's a good thing, right? I told the CEO, that's a good thing. You keep saying you have the wrong people on the team. Let's find that out way earlier. It's much easier to say no to somebody who applies than to fire somebody or to lose somebody, right? And so um, since we've done that, they've hired a handful of new folks. I forget um, how many it is, but um, they're, they're months into this process. Nobody's left. Um, nobody's expressed discontent. Uh, and their team is now able to focus on the actual work versus resignations and um, onboarding new people and all the complications that come when somebody leaves abruptly. Yeah. In your mind, what are the five basic, uh, again, uh, you know, that's a, that's a nice example. And I'm glad that you were able to help them. And uh, uh, they can focus on their mission as opposed to having to kind of backfill all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are the five basic principles of, uh, of leadership in your opinion? Sure. Yeah. So um, first one is mindset, right? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about the work you're trying to achieve? Um, how do you, how are you perceived? How do you want to be perceived? Right? Um, right. What are you non-negotiable about, et cetera. Second one is systems. It's great to have a great mindset, but we have to have great systems. Um, how do we do everything here? Everything. Sure. There's room for innovation and creativity, but everything's got to be systematized. <laughs> Uh, to have a successful culture, because if it's not, then we're trying to figure out, you know, like, hey, Nana emailed me. Who responds to that? I'm not sure. Whose department is that? If we can't figure that stuff out, we're, we're not going to be able to figure out the hard stuff. The third one is communication. Uh, early, often proactive communication, everybody in the loop about everything. Um, making sure that the team is fully, uh, fully up to speed. Um, next is execution, which I mentioned. Like, how do we actually do the day, the day to day work? Um, what do we do? It's one, it's one thing to say that we believe in X. It's another thing to see how X lives at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. And so that's where the execution comes in, right? What do our meetings look like? What do our sales mm-hmm. calls look like? What does our feedback look like, et cetera? Uh, and then the last one is accountability. Um, how are we doing uh, as it pertains to what we said we were trying to accomplish, right? Whether it's embodying our values or meeting our numbers, like how are we doing around that? And in places where we're kicking butt, let's make sure we're shouting people out, giving a ton of praise and acknowledgement. In places where we are struggling, let's make sure we're holding ourselves and the people on the team accountable. And that's the definition of a culture. Because, I mean, it's like, it uh, used to be when you hear culture, it's this kind of really like nebulous kind of term, but really culture, all it is, is just, it's embodied in meetings, the kind of cadence in meetings, the kind of conversations that people have, the kind of accountability that yeah. people have. That's that's culture right there. Um, so that's uh, that's great. I mean, you may not have you know mentioned it right now, but that's that that to me is just when I hear all of that, you know, things like meetings, communication, accountability. Uh, I hear culture and systems. I hear culture. Um, Love it. Love it. How can professionals? Because I mean, you know, we all spend a, you know a good chunk of our lives, you know, you know, between commute and actual workplace stuff. Even if you're telecommuting, uh, you know, w- doing work. Uh, how can professionals overcome dis- dissatisfaction with their work? 
Um, you're talking about particular employees or the leaders? On, uh, on the, in this case, I'm talking about uh, the employees. Yeah. Um, I think it's tough, man. I, I think it's we're we're we're, uh, we're asking in so many places employees to solve the the problems of failed and poor leadership. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I, I I talk to employees all the time, and I say like you've got to give feedback to your boss. Um, and folks, a lot of times they they won't or they they don't. Um, my whole mission is to is to ensure that employees aren't dissatisfied. And it starts with going to their leaders. So I don't have coaching for somebody who's stuck in a miserable job other than give feedback to your boss, follow the, follow the avenues to provide feedback. Um, my feedback's all for my coaching's all for the person at the top who is running a running or the people at the top who's running an organization or a team where people are that dissatisfied. Yeah. So when you're coaching, uh, and, and that's what I tend to focus too. So when, when you're coaching uh, these leaders, and how are you able to glean? Because they may tell you one thing, but you know, a lot of times you also have to go in and gather some data, talk to uh, the employees to just kind of understand how they're perceiving. Because a lot of times there's fear of, you know, because one thing I'll tell you is it's actually it may not be a good idea to give feedback to your boss. But I know. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but there may be other ways. Maybe this is sort of like a third party or maybe, uh, you know, going through, uh, I don't know. It's up to the leader to find ways of capturing survey information, whether it's you know, sending survey data out or, or doing like skip level meetings to try and solicit, you know, create a safe environment where they can get um, some kind of uh, feedback. But I mean, an employee in and of themselves, you know, I probably wouldn't tell them to go give feedback because it may not be a good thing. I mean, because we all know uh, retribution comes in different shapes or forms. It may not be right away, but no, but it's, it's just, it may not be a smart enough political strategy. Um, yeah, but, but that's such a non, and just to interrupt you for a second, yeah. that to me is such a travesty that we, yeah. that people, so many people operate in this place where the boss is this sensitive, petulant, like angry, retaliatory, you know, re really just like, I mean, like figure, right? Like it's insane to me that and sure, like obviously feedback has to be delivered with compassion, with respect and assuming the best of the, of the person on the other side. But it's such an insane idea to me that we have to, that so many employees are in this place of not being able to tell the boss, hey, I actually disagree with the decision. I'd love to tell you why. Are you open to that? Right. Uh, I, I know it exists. I see it all the time. It's part of what we're trying to solve. Yeah, and, and that to me is, and maybe, but that's, but that, what you, there's something that you put in there that that's like very important, but it, it's a skill that needs to be taught. Right. Yeah. One is asking permission before you give feedback, even yeah. from the boss to the to the employee. Yeah. Right. Um, because if you just go and just uh, ah, and I, what you did, I just don't like what you did. I mean, it's, it just may not you know, go about you know, too well. <laughs> um, so asking for permission uh, before you give that feedback is actually very, very crucial. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Um, so. Um, what if what is like is the single in key ingredient that you know you think um, uh, is necessary to achieve, to achieve uh, breakthrough results? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily one key ingredient, but one of the things I'll say is I've never met a leader who has a really strong culture who hasn't been willing to be really vulnerable, really humble, and honestly willing to just 
look at times like foolish in front of their teams. Um, folks who are operating in the way that we're describing, which is do as I kind of say, not as I do. Don't give me feedback. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm disconnected with the work you're doing. Th- those folks don't have strong cultures ever. Um, so, uh, when we're talking about culture, uh, humility, openness to feedback, willingness to grow, um, messaging to their team that like, I am, uh, I am learning alongside you. I am learning as well. Um, that is absolutely integral. And, uh, what advice do you have for companies who are looking to improve their workplace culture? Gather feedback, do surveys, see what people are saying and take it seriously. Uh, that's the first step. Uh, you're probably not going to know how to fix it necessarily unless you've been uh, been trained in that in that uh, in that work. So reach out to me or companies like us and get some help. But um, find out what people are saying uh, on your team because far too few leaders actually know uh, and they're disconnected with what their employees actually believe. That's great. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time today, Michael. I really appreciate your insights uh, into creating a well rebel culture. Uh, how can people follow up with you um, if they want to learn more about rebel culture and uh, some of the other works that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nana. It was great great to be here. Folks, you can go check out rebelculture.com. Send me a, a message on there. We have a daily email that comes out as well with some great uh, coaching advice every morning. Uh, and you can check me out on social media at Rebel Culture Leaders. Wonderful. And uh, we're going to have all your information in the show notes so people can check it out. Uh, Folks, that's all for this week. Make sure to uh, subscribe, like, and leave us a rating uh, because that then allows other people to also benefit from this show as well. Uh, Until next week, bye for now.